Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to Space Floor NBA Podcast. My name is Connor Gielen. And I'm Connor Flannery. And this is our third official episode, NBA Award Predictions for the 2018-2019 NBA season. We have seven awards today that we're going to predict. MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year, Sixth Man, Most Improved Player, Coach of the Year, and and Executive of the Year. Um, We're going to give each our prediction for who's going to win it and two people who could potentially beat out that player. Sounds good. Sounds great. Uh, we're just going to start with the first one. We'll go most improve, um, most valuable player first. All right. So my pick for MVP this year has got to be Giannis. I think it's the year of the Greek freak. Yeah. I think it's time he's going to take his game to the next level. I mean, I think that last season he put up the stats, he put up the numbers to be the MVP. But he wasn't quite there because I think the team success wasn't there. Uh, do you think that's going to change, though? I I do. I think that with the additions of Ursan Ilyasova and Brooke Lopez around Giannis as shooters, I think that he'll be able to attack the basket, which obviously is what he does best, For sure. um, with more ease. I think the floor will be more spread out. I think that also with Mike Budenholzer as the coach, their defense will be much better. Obviously, Budenholzer consistently with those Hawks teams were very, very good defensively. You know, they had teams where there would be, you know, four all-stars. Um, so I think that they could definitely take a step up to be maybe the fourth seed in the East. I don't know if they can pass out the Raptors, Celtics, or um, Sixers. Maybe maybe they could slide in um, to three, but I think I would, I'm going to guess that they would be the four seed. So Giannis winning MVP with the um, Bucks the four seed, I think is definitely possible. Um, I was thinking about Giannis. He was actually my uh, my third candidate, but uh, behind two other players, because I'm still not entirely sure about that team success. Uh, for as long as the NBA has been going on, there's been one player, just one player, who hasn't been a top three seed in his conference and has won the MVP award. And that was Russell Westbrook, who averaged yeah. a triple-double. Um, Facts. That that's but, kind of the reason why I actually I didn't think Russell should have maybe won it. Um, I'm big yeah. on team success when it comes to MVP. That's why I didn't have Giannis. I see the Bucks as anywhere from like uh, a four or a five seed. Um, I but I mean that's a valid point, especially because of the coach Mike Budenholzer is a phenomenal coach. But I don't know if the defense is really there to propel them into a top five seed, uh, a top three seed. I think, but. Giannis is a very good defender just because straight up because of his length. Yeah, of course. Chris Middleton will lock you up. He's a perfect 3 and D player to put next to Giannis. Eric Bledsoe is not going to be a superb defender, but is solid. He's, He's not solid. a below average defender. But what about that front court? But yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> so, but I think though, Giannis last year led his team in every single statistical category. Yeah. Giannis led the team in blocks. He averaged, I think, over one, but between one and two blocks per game. Mm-hmm. And 1.5 I mean, steals. Exactly. I mean, like, Giannis could 
in theory, be your rim protector, even if, you know, Brooke Lopez Brooke isn't. Lopez and Ursan Ilyasova. Yeah, and, and Giannis will grab boards too, right? So I think that with, you know, having a guy who's 6'11", 7 feet in Giannis as your small forward, maybe even, I guess, kind of playing point guard sometimes too, I think that maybe that sort of fills in the rebounding and defensive holes in their front court a little bit. Yeah, I, I don't completely disagree with you. He was one of my three candidates, and... I mean, he averaged 27 and 10 rebounds last year. If he could increase his points per game by one and the Milwaukee Bucks get five more wins, it could definitely be an option. For yeah. me, I had James Harden. Uh, I know that's kind of lame because he won it last year, mm-hmm. but I was looking over my five the real candidates for MVP. Uh, LeBron, Harden, Anthony Davis, Giannis, and Kawhi Leonard. Um, and only two of those guys are most definitely going to be a top three seed in their conference. Um, James Harden and Kawhi Leonard with the Raptors. And that's why I kind of, I have James Harden because I think out of those, uh, out of James Harden and Kawhi, those are my top two, by the way. Um, yeah. He's going to put up the the better numbers. And I think he, he can really just do what he did last year. There might be even more shots to go around because Trevor Reese is gone. Um and yeah, he averaged 30.4 points per game, eight assists, almost nine assists, with like uh, the highest or second highest PER in the league. Um, mm-hmm. And that situation hasn't really changed. The only thing I could see him uh, not winning the award is if one of these other players that I mentioned, their team does a lot better, or they just have an insane season like Russell Westbrook had two years ago. Agreed, yeah. I... The only reason I didn't, I didn't put um, Harden in my top three just because I I believe in voter fatigue, right? I mean, yeah. I think that year in, year out, LeBron should be right up there with for the MVP conversation. In terms of players who are the most valuable to their team, you can't argue that LeBron is right up there year, every single year. But I think that, you know, the voters don't like to vote for the same guy That's true. a few years in a row. That's Maybe two true. years makes sense, right? We've seen guys win three MVPs in a row, right? Yeah, exactly. Larry Bird won three MVPs in a row. Um, so, you know, and Steph Curry won back-to-back, won unanimous. So Harden could definitely do it, but I think he would have to do something, you know, really incredible, or these other guys would have to be pretty, you know, not – outstanding it, yeah exactly you know pretty not exciting not extraordinary otherwise uh i also wanted to talk about Kawhi leonard really quickly i think people are kind of forgetting about him because of the whole injury thing he mm. was he was uh his last healthy season he was second in mvp voting behind steph curry yeah i think he's the third he was the third best player in the league behind lebron and kd that year that's the way i look at it i'm not a huge curry fan right i know a lot yeah, at that point a lot of people would have said curry top three for sure but uh, yeah, I think Kawhi was a top three player in the league before before going down to injury. And I think I think he's going to get uh, definitely a lot of shots. Um, of course, we're going to have to see how that new system in Toronto is going to work out under Nick Nurse. But I think he's going to get a lot of shots. He's going to be a top five, six player, and his team's going to be great. Um, so that's that's why I had him at my runner up for MVP. I like it. I like it. Yeah, he wasn't on my list, but I can definitely, you know, he was sort of in the back of my mind when I was choosing my three. So. I agree. Um, so my, you know, sort of second guy in the list would be Anthony Davis of the Pelicans, um, because I mean, if you look at his stats last year, 
those are MVP numbers. Um, especially after Boogie, Boogie went down, he just lit up the yeah, entire of league. And they might play him at center this year, which is, even though he doesn't like to play center as opposed to power forward. It might be his better it, position. Yeah, that's, right? it's definitely his better position if you look at the numbers. I agree. Um, so I think that, I think that you know, Anthony Davis really having, having to take basically all the shots, right? I mean, it's going to be him and Drew Holiday, essentially. Um, I think that we could see Anthony Davis really become full alpha dog mode. Maybe, you know, we'll see. Maybe Kawhi comes back and is better than ever. But Anthony Davis, in my mind, could separate himself. I said this in, I think, our Western Conference episode, episode two, um, that I think that Anthony Davis could, you know, sort of put himself above sort of the second-tier players behind LeBron and KD to become the third-best player in the league, in my eyes. Steph. Um, yeah. I, to, to that, I would definitely still say uh, wins. It, it's going to yeah. come down to yeah. wins. If he was in the Eastern Conference, the Pelicans are a top-four team. That's true. Probably. I don't, I don't know. Definitely top five. Yeah. Um. He's the Western Conference. That's a that's a lot. That's why I don't even have LeBron on my top three. Because yeah. I don't I don't even know if LeBron is going to get enough wins yeah. during the regular season. I uh, just think I the way I'm looking at it is I chose my MVPs not my MVP candidates not so much on wins just because I don't think that you know looking at the sort of the top three seeds in either conference yeah. I don't think that there's a guy who's like yeah for sure he's going to win the MVP. You look at the Celtics. I, I don't think I don't think Kyrie or Gordon Hayward is going to be an MVP candidate. If you look, you know, at the Warriors, the Warriors. I don't think Steph and KD are going to be they, MVP candidates. They cancel each other out. I don't think James Harden's going to win it two years in a row. I don't think, um, you know, who else? Kawhi. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if Kawhi's going to be able to bounce back so quick, especially when I don't think the most the league is so high on Kawhi right now. Yeah. You know, after what he did to San Antonio, especially the media. The media. The media is not going to be, you know, really all in on Kawhi this year. Um, so. Just sort of the you know the guys that are sort of at the top of the league in either conference, you know Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid for the Sixers. I don't think that those guys are really going to be sort of MVP candidates mm-hmm. this year. So yeah, I think that's why I kind of chose guys who more I feel like are going to have to really carry their teams to maybe you know sort of somewhere between like the fourth and the sixth seed. I think that Anthony Davis could could do something like that and. You know, despite not having great team success, be a, you know the most valuable player in the league. Okay. Uh, do you do you want to move on to defensive player of the year? Sure. Yeah. Okay. For defensive player of the year, I got Rudy Gobert going back to back. Same here. Really? Yeah. All right. Um, t- tell me why. I, I think mean, we probably have the same reasons. I think that just the fact that Rudy Gobert won defensive player of the year last year, missing missing twenty, 20 plus games. games. Yeah. That it's, was the only reason that it was close. It's the exactly. Only reason. I just I think that this um, sorry Utah Jazz team is just it's not a great defensive team, except for when you know Rudy Gobert steps on the floor, and the yeah, league can I, see that. I remember last year uh, the Jazz were amid about like like eleven twelve in defensive rating when Gobert was out during the middle of the year, and he came back. And they skyrocketed to the number one defense in the league. Yeah. No, this is a top three defensive team in the league if Gobert plays all 82 games. Yeah. Just so, the intimidation factor. Exactly. I, I read a stat uh, that said Russell Westbrook, he averaged much less points uh, or shot attempts in the paint uh, in the playoff series against the Utah Jazz. 
and that's just the Rudy. That's the Rudy effect. It's the, effect. Yeah. the intimidation factor. He, he does, no one wants to go into that lane when you see the Stifle Tower. He's such a he's such just a beast defensively. I mean, it's just it's unreal. Like his ability as a rim protector, yeah. how much he can change a game. And I just think that if he can come back and do that for a full season this year. He should have it already in the bag. Yeah, Rudy's my boy. Did I tell you, I got to adapt him up this summer. I didn't hear that. No, that's uh, awesome. Yeah, he's the boy. He's a, a beast. Like <laughs> he, he doesn't look like he's from Earth. Yeah. Who do you he's have second? Um, going back to the Bucks, I have Giannis really? as Defensive Player of the Year too. Um, what, I don't I don't know if he'll win MVP and Defensive Player of the Year, um, <laughs> but I do have him. Uh, as number two on my defensive player of the year list. Um, again, like I said, Mike Mike Budenholzer has led some great defensive teams. Um, the Bucks have a pretty weak defensive front court, which I think will mean that the that Giannis is going to have to step it up defensively. Something similar to what Kevin Durant did this year. I exactly, think. exactly. You know, the the uh, Warriors were basically running without a real defensive center a lot of the time. You know, when they when they had the death lineup, you know, when it was Draymond. As their, you know, as as the five, Draymond Green can be a rim protector, but and you know, Kev- Kevin Durant. Was, Kevin Durant was the real but shot yeah, blocker. Exactly, Kevin Durant was the, the biggest side. guy on the court. Then you're going to see the same thing from Giannis, where even though you know Brook Lopez is the center, Brook Lopez, Brooke Lopez plays is, like he's six five. He plays <laughs> Brooke Lopez like he's is not five. a defender. He's not a defender. I mean, so I think or that, a rebounder. It's true. It's facts. Um, so I think that Giannis, being a seven footer with the ability to block shots, is going to have to do that. And so I think that he could win Defensive Player of the Year. Okay. Uh, I disagree. And, and yes. by the way, sorry, he's also a great def- just perimeter defender because who's getting by that wingspan? That, that's valid. That's valid. Um, I, I disagree. He wasn't in, even in my top five mentally, but, of course, he's, like, a great defensive player. Like, I almost mm-hmm. even wrote Kevin Durant down because they're the, type, the same type of defender. Personally, for me, I, I'm kind of high on this guy like you are with uh, Giannis. <laughs> I, I have Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, he's uh, my number as, three. As my as my number two. Yeah. Uh, again, just I think something that is a part of the rubric of being the defensive player of the year is you have to have a good defensive team. And the yeah. Raptors were a very good defensive team. They were definitely they, they were top ten in the league, uh, maybe top five. Um, and they got two good defenders in the Kawhi trade and got rid of two average or below average defenders in. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that trade and I think they're just going to be a great team defensively and he's going to be the head of that they got rid of DeMar DeRozan they got rid of Yaka Pertl and replaced it with Danny Green and Kawhi Leonard they kept I word on the street is that uh the uh Spurs actually wanted Pascal Siakam from the Raptors yeah. but that Pascal Siakam's the boy for the Raptors yeah that they wanted him <laughs> because because of his defense yeah um so you know Danny Green they got Kawhi, a bunch of studs Kyle Lowry Pascal Siakam Serge Ibaka. Serge Ibaka, don't sleep. There's a lot of good defenders on that roster. So yeah, that he was my number. He was my number three guy as well. Uh, okay, and my number three was Joel Embiid. He was in the top three last year. He was a finalist with Anthony Davis and Rudy Gobert. Uh, he's just an elite rim, rim protector, shot blocker, and he he led a good defensive team in the Philadelphia 76ers. Personally, I think mm-hmm. the other two guys, Rudy Gobert and Kawhi Leonard, have a higher chance at winning it. But he's definitely up there with guys like Anthony Davis or like even sleepers like Giannis or Victor Oladipo. For sure. I mean, we talk about Rudy Go, sorry, Rudy Gobert missing 
you know, a decent chunk, like 20 games the last season, Joel Embiid's kind of in that same boat. If he can, yeah. if you know, if he can, he hasn't really played a full, what I would consider a full season yet in the NBA, and is still, True. you know, I might say he's the best center in the league, um, at least at the beginning of next season with Boogie out. Um, so I think that, you know, definitely Joel Embiid is a sleeper for Defensive Player of the Year. Okay. Next is Rookie of the Year. Me, I went lame James Harden again. I, I chose DeAndre Ayton. Uh, I think that when you consider the rookies that have the opportunities to get up a bunch of shots, because that's really what Rookie of the Year is, it's opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, people like Michael Carter-Williams and Tyreek Evans, they win Rookie of the Year, and they're not all NBA players, but they had the opportunity in their first year. Yeah. Um, and that's why guys like Luka Doncic, um, Jaron Jackson, they're they're not on my list uh, because they're not going to have the opportunity that other people have. And I think even though uh, DeAndre Ayton does have Devin Booker, he's going to be a very uh, crucial part of that team. He's going to get mm-hmm. his his shots. Yeah. Um, I went with Kevin Knox, Knicks fan. Bro. Um, definitely biased, but. Bro. I think I'm the out. way the way I'm looking at it is just that who else is taking shots in the I next apo- roster? I apologize for him. <laughs> I, I I almost put him down. I'm, I'm not sorry, gonna lie. I'm sorry. No cut. Yeah, but uh, yes. Continue. I don't. I, I just don't. I don't see. I look at the next roster and I'm like, we're not playing for anything. Yeah. We don't have anybody else to score. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tim Hardaway Jr., I guess. Yeah, but I, like, I would argue with Tim Hardaway, maybe Enos Cantor, but yeah. I, I, I almost put him down. I, I know but what you're talking about. I think that just the way that he that he played you know, in Summer League, it just looks like he wants to shoot, he wants to score, and he looks like he can kind of score in a lot of different ways. So I think that he could put up big numbers because he's just a big you know, point forward who can do a lot of things on the court. Yep. And you know, with kind of no one else to take his – you know, numbers, minutes, whatever. He has the opportunity. Exactly. He's got, you know, just what you were saying with the opportunity uh, that, you know, that some of the other guys at the top of the draft were lacking. Kevin Knox has got all, all the opportunity in the world, I think, to really step up and be the guy for the Knicks. Okay. My second guy, runner-up, Colin Sexton, young bull of mm-hmm. the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, Kevin Love is still going to be taking those shots, but they're not playing for much. They claim that they're trying to make the playoffs. They may. Um, but Colin Sexton, he's not afraid to shoot that ball either, and he's a uh, he's a pretty NBA ready prospect that I think he he can put up over ten definitely over ten points per game easily, uh, even up up to fifteen while still contributing on a defensive team uh, on the defensive side, and I I, th- I think the the guy can just play basketball very very well. Did you hear about? I had Colin Sexton as my third guy for rookie of the year did you hear about in college last year um there was a game that alabama played in where they basically had their entire team foul out so they were playing Bro. with four players in the court of point. course i heard about it. we live in new york <laughs> that was in the barclays center everyone was talking about it the next day for sure i mean the way i'm looking at it is if colin sexton can keep a team with four guys yeah. <laughs> in the game I mean, he can score. He can attack the basket. He can carry an offense. I think that Colin Sexton is definitely got to be in the conversation for Rookie of the Year. We don't know what he's going to do in the NBA, but I think that, you know, sort of sky's the limit for what he can do potentially on the offensive side of the ball. Cool. Uh, who's your second guy? 
My second guy, I know you just sort of said that Luka Doncic not going to have necessarily the opportunities that some of the other guys um, will, but I think that with um, on the Dallas Mavericks was sort of Dirk now still on the roster, but practically, you know, like retired at this point. He's going to be playing, but, I mean, he's not going to be taking all the shots. You know, I think he's going to average, like, what, 10 points per game. It's got. It's going to be – they're going to look for somebody else to sort of take, you know, take the ball to run the offense through. Yeah. I guess they didn't I, really I, I run it that. through Dirk last year. You know, I'm not I trying to that. say that. But, like, <laughs> they've got to – you know, they're sort of looking, I think, still for the next guy to sort of take the reins. And I think that they took Luka Doncic. They traded up for him because – He's the most NBA-ready player in the draft. Yeah. Coming right over from the EuroLeague, winning an MVP there. He's played in the second-best league in the world with a lot of guys who used to be in the NBA. You know, he's playing... He's played the highest-level basketball that's not in the NBA and flourished. So I think that... Okay. okay. You know, with the... I think the da- Dallas Mavericks are going to come... He's going to come right in, right in. The Dallas Mavericks are going to hand him the ball and say, do your thing. I think he could just go off and have an insane season. Okay, I I, th- I think the kick and ball. Um, I would just say that Dennis Smith Jr. likes to dribble, mm-hmm. uh, and DeAndre Jordan is also on that team. He's, he's going to be putting up fifteen. Uh, that that's the only reason I didn't have yeah. him on my list. Uh, I agree. I think though that they might find a way. I, I like. I, I at the beginning of last season, I didn't think that CP3 and Harden was going to work out. And so now every Bro, time I look are at you a team really, like, are, you, are you comparing Chris Paul and James Harden to no, no, Luka no, no, Doncic no, 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 and Dennis? No, no. <laughs> no, no. Now, but basically my point is I looked at that team as two ball handlers. How is it going to work out? Mm-hmm. And so now and, – and they proved me wrong. So – and now any time that I look at a team that's got two ball handlers like that, I at least – I think I at least have to give them the benefit of the doubt that they'll okay. find a way to work it out. Okay. I respect that. Yeah. Coming off the bench, sixth man of the year. Uh, I went. I'm realizing right now. I went really mainstream in all of this. Uh, I, I had Lou Williams because he's yeah. obviously the best player. Um, I I don't want to make that pick, and I feel like the only way he won't win it is if it's uh voter fatigue. Because the dude averaged 20 off the bench last year, and I don't think anyone else in the NBA w- is gonna do that. Um, la- last episode, uh, go listen to it. Western Conference teams. <laughs> Uh, I, I actually said Tobias Harris was a more valuable NBA player than him. Uh, the media cares about points per game. Um, that's why I think I have him as my sixth man of the year candidate. Yeah, I have Lou Williams as number two. You really can't ever, uh, you know, discount him from this conversation. But I mean, I really think you know that the voter fatigue is going to kick in, like I was talking about with James Harden. So instead I went with, um, sorry, I went with Dennis Schroeder because I think that coming off the bench for the Thunder, you know, the, the players around him might be pretty weak. Yeah, right? I, I had him third. I think that the, the Thunder are pretty top-heavy with Russell Westbrook and Paul George. Um, I guess Steven Adams too. But sort of around them, I don't think there's a lot of other, you know, great players. So I think that coming off the bench, Dennis Schroeder is going to have to do a lot. Mm-hmm. And so I think that he could be six minutes a year, the spark plug off this off the bench that they've really been lacking for the last, maybe, you know, ever would, since they lost James Harden. Yeah, maybe they would uh, slide him to the two if they don't want to take Westbrook out of the game. I I I hope that they don't play Dennis Schroeder and Westbrook together. 
that if if they do that, Westbrook's playing, playing. Westbrook's playing thirty four minutes a game at least. That's yeah. all I'm gonna say. Like, if they're playing, if they're okay, I hope that the majority of uh, Schroeder's minutes aren't while Westbrook is on the court. Okay, because if Westbrook is on, and, and Schroeder on the court at the same time. It's, one, not, it's just yeah. it, it doesn't work out. Doesn't. Westbrook and, and a two guard doesn't work out consistently. <laughs> that's why they play. That's why they play James Harden off the bench when he was on the roster. Yep. Oladipo sure. was so much better as soon as he left the Thunder. Not because, you know, I th- I hear people say all the time that you can't win with Westbrook, and while I do agree with that a little bit, I don't think it's so much that you can't win with him. It's just that he's so ball dominant that you really it's hard to coexist with him in the same backcourt. Okay. Uh, my second player, my runner-up, is Kyle Kuzma. Uh, I'm pretty sure that the Lakers are going to have him come off the bench if you look at their roster and their depth chart. It makes sense, and mm-hmm. I think he's NBA-ready. He's going to be 23 next year. People forget about that. Uh, and I, I think he can score the ball, and he'll get a lot of attention because he has LeBron James on his team. Yeah. Uh, I think there's the opportunity, and there's the media coverage. And he, he can execute, even if he just plays like he did last year. Yeah. He averaged 16, which is it's respectable for a six-man. Yeah, the only reason I don't have Kuzma on my list is just because I have no idea what's going to happen with this Lakers roster yeah, yeah. outside of LeBron James. LeBron James is a you know constant every year, but they have so many guys on one-year deals like JaVel McGee, Rondo, Lance Stevenson, uh, Michael Beasley that, like, are fringe starters. <laughs> like, who knows? You know, who maybe knows? some of those guys would be starting. You know, maybe some are coming off the bench. You know, maybe some decide they want to be the guy and put up, you know, a ton of shots. Maybe, Lance. Like, you know, I don't I don't really know what the dynamic is going to be, basically, with this team because they, yeah. they, you know, brought in a lot of new faces this offseason. So I think that Kuzma is just a little bit of a question mark. Yeah, we'll, see, we'll see what Luke Walton does. Yeah, they'll figure it out. Okay. Uh, do you have another, or do you want to move on to most improved player? Um, I've also got uh, one guy. So I read I read an article that this guy didn't even pop in my head until I saw it. But the Pelicans will likely start Nikola Mirotic and uh, Anthony Davis in their front court. That means that free agent signing Julius Randle is yeah. coming off the bench. Yeah, I almost had him down. I like it. You like it? I like it for six man of the year. I think that he could do some damage. Um, you know, come in and be be a guy that can grab a rebound and run the court. Yeah, I that, saw that point forward type. Yeah, the guy the guy who wrote it compared him to Lamar Odom, who I never, you know, got to watch. I've only seen highlights. But that ability to the you know, the lefty grabbing the board, going down the court, <laughs> running the break, sort of playing a point forward. Um that can score, assist, grab rebounds, kind of do a little bit of everything, maybe give Anthony Davis a little bit of a break um, that he needs in a potential MVP season. Wink, wink. Wink, uh, wink. <laughs> uh, I think that, you know, it could be interesting. We'll see. But, as a you know, I just wanted to stick a dark horse in there as my third option. Okay. Next is most improved player. Uh, I have D'Angelo Russell. I think that he, he battled health issues mm. last year, several different injuries. Uh, and still managed to average 15.5 points per game and five assists. I think he can definitely take that next step. We've been waiting for that ever since he left Los Angeles. And he's he's made some strides in his game, but he hasn't really put it all together. He's improved on his three-point shooting, which is a big thing. 
and he's even tall enough to play the two guard, which is really increases value. Um, I think I, I just want to see him be the guy next year for the Brooklyn Nets. They don't really have that one go-to scorer, and I think he can really be that guy, and he has the talent. Uh, he was the number two pick in the draft in a draft mm-hmm. class with Porzingis and yeah. with Carl Anthony Towns. Um, yeah, I'm just pulling for him. I think he has all the he has the skill set. He's got the tools. Yeah, I I didn't I didn't have my on my list. I only have two guys for most improved. But if uh, if you go back and listen to our first episode where we talked about the Eastern Conference teams, my sort of question, comment, observation for the for the Brooklyn Nets was that I wanted D'Angelo Russell to become their you know their guy mm-hmm. because you know sort of every game you don't really know who's going to be their number one option, who's going to sort of be their leader. So I hope that D'Angelo Russell does that this year. And if he does, he's averaging 20-plus. He's definitely in that conversation. Yeah. Uh, who, who did you have? I had Markel Fultz. Oof. Uh, my idea is just he can only go up from last <laughs> season, basically. Can he shoot a jump shot? We'll see. That's I an mean, improvement. I just think that coming out of the draft last year, he looked so promising. I was so excited about Markel Fultz. I'm kind of a Sixers fan. I don't. I, I just like their. I like their team. I like Ben Simmons. I like Joel Embiid, and I was really excited about Markel Fultz. So it was very disappointing to me to see him go down. Um, mm-hmm. So, and I and I was arguing all the way that Markel Fultz over Lonzo Ball, hundred percent all mm-hmm. the way. I, I um, think I'm against people who are calling him a bust. For sure. I'm, if you're calling him a bust, you're crazy. Yeah. Yeah, like, you definitely have to give him a chance. The reason I don't have him on my list is because rookies don't usually win Rookie of the Year. Uh, sorry. <laughs> don't win Most Improved yeah. Player. I don't uh, know. I was thinking about putting the boy Frank Nilkina on this list. <laughs> uh, but, like, if you look back at history, most most improved players are not rookies. Um, that being said, mm-hmm. yeah. if, if someone goes from barely playing and yeah. playing poorly— and then comes out and acts like a number one overall pick, that could change things. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, that that's only why I, I don't see him winning the award. I per- I got to believe at this point in sort of, you know, the Sixers curse that everybody misses their first <laughs> season or two and then just, sure. you know, turns into what we Shout thought they could Smith. be. <laughs> Stay healthy. Or what they could be sort of coming out of the draft. I think that, you know, we've seen it with Ben Simmons. We've seen it with Joel Embiid. You know, you set out one season, maybe two. Then Ben Simmons came out and won Rookie of the Year last year. So I'm hoping to see uh, Markel just do the same, basically. I'm looking at your sheet, and we have the same runner-up, DeJounte Murray. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited about this. The reason I don't have him winning the award and I have D'Angelo Russell is because I don't know how much he's going to score. That's the only Mm -hmm. thing that's really a hole in his game. Uh, he had a great season with the Spurs last year, and I think he he can really take that next step uh, playing alongside DeMar DeRozan. And he's already low-key. People forget this. He was a second-team all-defensive player last year. He can yeah. maintain that definitely. He can definitely make an all-defensive team and start putting up more points. I think he's he took the starting job from Tony Parker, which mm-hmm. we can argue whether or not that's like hard. But... Um, yeah, the, the the Duke and Bull. Um, yeah. I think that sort of with this era just ending of Tim Duncan, Manu, Tony Parker, all out of the league, or sorry, you know, out of the league or off the team in the last, you know, handful of years, 
I think that, you know, this team sort of needs a new identity. Also, Kawhi out the door, by the way. So this season, they're sort of hitting a little bit of a refresh where DeJounte Murray, DeMar DeRozan, LaMarcus Aldridge are all kind of new to the team. You know, LaMarcus Aldridge will be, I think, his second, maybe third season on the team? Second? Third. Third? third? Okay, yeah. Third. So, so LaMarcus is still relatively new. Last season, they sort of had to make adjustments part of the way through to, you know, sort of accommodate him. He was thinking, he was he told Greg Popovich, or or he told the front office that he wanted to be traded. They And then Popovich changed it up, yeah. and Aldridge was happy again. You think um, he'll flourish in stability? Is that what you're saying? You you think he'll like take the next step when like basically this, what this I'm trying to say what I'm trying to say what I'm trying to say sorry, um all their stars are sort of new to the team. This team is going to sort of be reinventing itself, you know, with a new star player in Demar Derozan as well. Um, so I think that he could really sort of take the spotlight as their starting point guard of the future, um, and you know really step it up, be a defensive force, which we already saw. But also on the offensive side, be a more impactful player. Okay, uh, we're gonna move on to coach of the year. Mm-hmm. Who do you have? I got Brad Stevens. Thank you. Gotta win it. He has to. <laughs> I don't know. Like the, in the last like three seasons, uh, or sorry, you know, if 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 he hasn't won, if he hasn't won it with the, in the last two seasons, if he hasn't won in the last two seasons, he's gotta win it this season. Yeah, it's just, I, I he agree. just deserves one at this point. Um, the fact that Dwayne Casey won it last year is outrageous to me. I, I'm okay with that. Like, I'm, I'm okay with it, but I don't know. <laughs> I guess it's sort of looking back on it with the, how well they did in the playoffs. It's really what isn't what's, what's really that's what frustrates me when it's a regular season award. I, I feel bad um, for Dwayne Casey, man in Detroit. Uh, <laughs> he got fired. <laughs> he got fired. And won Rookie of the Year. Coach or, of the Year. Sorry, Coach of the Year. But I, I think um, Brad Stevens has to win it. I mean, come on. He's I see the Celtics winning. Coach. I see the Celtics winning at least fifty-eight games next year. I'm yeah. pretty sure that's actually the over/under. Yeah. Um, if he if he wins if they win fifty-five if, plus games, fifty-five to sixty plus games, um, and you know become like it, the number one, two, three seed in the East, they're gonna be the one seed. They gotta be the hundred percent. They're gonna be the one seed. But if they're a top three seed in the East and Brad Stevens doesn't win Coach of the Year, I'm upset. It's blasphemous. 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 Um, uh, okay. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, I, w- I would say he's the second he's best the coach second in the league. He's the second best coach in the league. Yeah. Okay. I, behind him, I have the best coach in the league, Greg Popovich. Uh, all right. uh, and voter fatigue has kind of cast him aside the past three years. Uh, but it, it's a new scene for the San Antonio Spurs. And they made the playoffs last year without a star player. And I think they're still kind of an under-the-radar team, as I said in the last episode. And I think he can – he can work with this team. I think the media is going to realize that he's working with a weird roster, and that deserves uh, – it, it takes some coaching skill. Yeah. It, he's, I say he's working with a weird roster because it's he a has – It's no, because he undefined had, now. Because he is a I'm, – I'm saying because he has two all-stars who don't shoot threes. Uh. I think it's because LaMarcus Aldridge, mid-range god, DeMar DeRozan, <laughs> mid-range super god. Um, but – I, they're gonna have to shoot some threes in order to be an elite team, and yeah. I, I think he's gonna transform that. Uh, I'm interested to see. You know, I just talked. We just talked about with Dejounte Murray, but I'm interested to see. Pop could definitely, if Pop makes this team that is just sort of 
starting anew in this, you know, if we talk about all the time how consistent the Spurs have been, if he can keep them consistent now, like can keep keep them in the playoffs this season with this with now DeMar DeRozan not Kawhi, um I mean, you got he I mean, he's got to be in the conversation. I didn't have him on the list, but yeah, I think it's a definite possibility if someone on the Celtics gets hurt or they just don't go and take that next step or stay at the top of the East. I think Popovich definitely has a chance. Spurs are in the West, though. I was talking about the Celtics. Oh, and Brad Stevens doesn't <laughs> win it. Oh, Next. gosh, you. All right, I, that makes sense. Okay. Uh, who did you have as your runner-up? <laughs> um, okay, in no particular order, I have Quinn Snyder and Mike Budenholzer. Okay. Quinn Snyder for the Jazz, Mike Budenholzer for the Bucks. I, I had Quinn Snyder as my third. I, I keep talking about the Bucs. I just, I love the idea of, you know, Giannis, you know, okay, so I, I think the Bucs, the Bucs are a three or four, five seed. They become a, a solid defensive team. Maybe Giannis wins Defensive Player of the Year. And I think that Mike Budenholzer could win Coach of the Year if if Mike Budenholzer can finally give the this team the push they need to really be a top four seed. I think it's going to all ride on their defense because they yeah. have some, like you said, they have their three, one, two, and three. Uh, Bledsoe, Middleton, and Giannis—they're good defenders. Their front court's weak, but their their uh, backup front court, especially Thon Maker, they're, they're at least athletic. So I yeah. think he could definitely make it work there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll see. Malcolm Brogdon's a good defender as well. Yeah, I hate Quinn Schneider. Uh, Jazz, amazing team. The reason I don't have him as a top two is because they kind of did it last year. Yeah, I think it's coach of the year. It's kind of also improving your team somewhat. Um, and I think the Jazz are going to kind of be the same thing as what they were last year, maybe a bit better on offense. That's the only reason why I didn't have Quinn Schneider. Yeah. I think that maybe, though, the Jazz could, you know, sneak pretty high, like even higher than some people are expecting, mm-hmm. in the, you know, in the, in the West. Maybe behind okay. the Warriors and the Rockets, maybe the Jazz wanna, or get to the third seed. Okay. Then Quinn Snyder could could potentially sneak in that okay. award I, I but i find that. it hard to believe that really anybody's passing up red stevens for the award this year yeah uh I, I agree lastly executive of the year uh we're going to be a bit br- more brief in this because we're not talking about players and their yeah. play styles uh my f- i don't really have a particular order but for me i have rob Plinka slash magic johnson the code gms executives mm-hmm. of the lakers they got the best player in the world, and if uh, all their weird moves like Lance Stevenson and JaVale McGee work, or LeBron just carries them regardless, I think yeah. they could definitely win it. Mm-hmm. Go go all three, and then I'll give my three. Okay. Uh, next one, Sam Presti. Uh, I think the Thunder, they, they got better in the offseason. They got rid of Carmelo Anthony. They got... Dennis Schroeder in a very good trade for them. They stole him from the Hawks, uh, which will improve their bench. And I also think they brought back uh, uh, Grant, their power forward, Jeremiah Grant, Jeremy Grant, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jeremiah. Uh, I think he's a good player. And also they got Nerlens Noel for a qualifying offer. If that works out, mm-hmm. that's great. Yeah. My last one is it's it's a bit of a shocker ryan mcdonough i had to look up his name actually i I knew the (laughs) name but i forgot uh he's the executive gm of the phoenix suns i like what they did they signed trevor ariza they drafted deandre and they traded and drafted 
Mikhail Bridges in exchange for Zaire Smith, who I don't know if he would have broke his foot on the Suns, but that's neither here nor there. Mm-hmm. I And they traded for Ryan Anderson. Whether they should have given up Marquise Chris or not, that's whatever. But they, they, they made some moves, and they made a step away from tanking and toward being in the playoffs, not this year, but maybe next year. Yeah, the only reason I didn't have Ryan McDonough on my list is they, because they of that Ryan they, Anderson trade. Yeah, you, uh, you don't like that? I don't, I don't like the Ryan Anderson trade. I also don't think that this team is going to be very successful this season. Like, I don't think yeah. – yeah, I think, I think you, you, know, you win the executive of the year because you make moves in the offseason to make your team, like, closer to better contender. for that year. Right, I think that, you know, they made this team maybe better going forward um, with DeAndre and Mikel Bridges – but, but it's it's coach of a single be, or it's executive of a single year. That, yeah, that, that's why they're I didn't not have him you know, first or second. exactly. Yeah. So so he's making steps towards rebuilding this team. Maybe not for the present though. Okay. Who are your um, three? My three: Sam Presti for the same reasons. I love everything they did this offseason. Uh, Magic Johnson. Oh, again, they they signed LeBron. Yeah, they signed LeBron. Um, but then my one, my third was um, I don't even know how to pronounce it. Masai Ujiri. Masai Ujiri. Masai Ujiri um, of the Toronto Raptors um, just because of the Kawhi Leonard trade. I think that if, if um, you know, sort of Kawhi works out, if he seems excited to be playing on the Raptors this season, if they make it, um, you know, to that top three seed, maybe the second seed, um, I don't think they'll get the first seed. I think the Celtics yeah. got locked up. But if this team is a second or third seed in the East – Kawhi's playing well. Danny Green's playing well. And if, they, if, the, if the, Nick the trade, Nurse is a good coach, yeah, the especially. trade could just look like a steal. If okay. if if you know this, if it takes the Spurs a little bit to figure things out, and the Raptors are playing really well, then I think that it's it'll look like a great move. All right, I hadn't even thought of that. Um, yeah, th- thank you, uh, because he's definitely he would definitely be on my list. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you have some good points in that. All right. All right. Thank you for this for listening to this episode of Space the Floor NBA podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Please follow us on Instagram at Space the Floor Podcast and Twitter at Space the Floor. Uh, my name is Connor Gielen. and I'm Connor Flannery. Thanks for listening. See you next time.